I'd rather put fishes on there than mermaid. You'd rather put fishes. There's probably more fishes. You'd rather have it be a fishes subgenre than a mermaid <laughs> yeah, subgenre. I would. God. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horrorcast. This is the Creatively Titled Podcast, brought to you by us over at A2Horror.com. I'm Jack, and sitting across from me is Jake. I know you want a fishtail, Jack. <laughs> and sitting next to Jake is another guy who was eating herring. It's Mark. Ahoy, hoy. Boys, we're all back. It's weird. Yeah, it is I, weird. I, 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 it's only been a couple of weeks, and I'm, I don't know where to look right now. Across <laughs> from me or into cyberspace to the right of me. But two weeks in a row. Just do yeah. your usual thing where you kind of stare up into the left without actually making eye contact with anyone. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Good. Thanks for permission. For those of you unfamiliar with our Crackjack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. This week, we watched a patron pick. Uh, we watched Whoa. 2015's The Lure. Now, are we disclosing the identity of the patron who chose this movie? No. Okay. I mean... Well, I mean, the na- by name, it's, yes. It's Leslie, and she's going to provide the 30-second plot synopsis, so I don't feel like it's going to be that much of a... <laughs> it's not going to be that surprising. <laughs> First and last name, social security <laughs> number, please. Her credit card number. Uh, all of it. In any case, I forgot how we do that part. But yeah. we will dive all the way into reviewing the lure real soon. And fair warning, when we do, we're going to spoil the absolute shit out of it. Yep. Uh, if you like what we do and want to support the podcast, and even at a certain tier want to pick a movie for us to review, a la Leslie, then you can head on over to patreon.com slash A to Z horror, A-T-O-Z horror, and support the show at your level of choosing. Uh, but if you can't swing that right now, no worries. We just appreciate you being here and hanging out with us. But for now, we'd better do the getting drunk part. So on that score, let's do beers for fears. Hey, Mark. Yes? What are your beers for these fears? I got two for you. Ooh. Uh, so first off, I am drinking a Double Trouble IPA, which is from Shades Brewing uh, here in Salt Lake City. That's um, pretty self-explanatory, right? Double Trouble. These two girls the- are both trouble. And They are trouble, a pair. To a yep, they are a duo. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, secondarily, I have the, uh, just the pale ale made by Anchor Brewing. So Anchor, uh, you know, we needed to bring a little bit of a nautical theme in here. I did go, <laughs> I did want to point something out here. I went with Anchor Steam over something along the lines of like Sculpin or something like that, that was more just fish based because this is fundamentally like the wedding of like aquatic and land, which is kind of what you get out of an anchor, right? Like anchors come from <laughs> the, the surface world to attach to the aquatic world. So additional <laughs> no, level don't. of metaphor there. Anchors don't come from land and go into water. They come from higher up in water down into the same water. Well, right, but they're brought to the higher up in water <laughs> part by the surface dwellers. It's getting worse. It's getting worse as you go. No, Explaining I, I nailed help. it. You're, you're just, you're scared now. You're running scared. You're on your heels. Well, I'll tell you what, I did go a little bit out there for my beer selection this week. I was thinking about doing something along the nautical lines or something along a pair. Instead, I went with a Sawtooth Brewery beer. I went with the Myopia Hazy IPA. Because myopia is a word that means like lack of foresight, kind of like dumb decisions made without considering all the possible consequences. And that's kind of the whole theme of this movie, right? It's kind of a coming-of-age tale of Silver's youthful crush that... Because of her lack of foresight, she ends up letting uh, it end her life. Spoilers. So this is a well, movie about myopia. Mark's glare, Mark glowering, but way. I think it's just because of in the a sun. Way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm glowering because of the choice as well. I think it's it's a pretty good it one. I went both. out there. I tried it to do a different both. thing. Well, okay, you know yeah, what? We'll see what the patrons think. Uh, but that's not all I've got. 
I also went out and I bought myself a bottle of Stoli. I don't know this to actually be Polish. It seems to be a little contested where it's actually from, but it's the closest thing to Polish vodka I could find. So I poured myself a nice little shot of that. And Poland is very well known for its vodka. Yeah. Oh, this is a Polish movie, if we haven't said that. Yes. Yeah. It's in Polish. Yeah. And it is from Poland, therefore a Polish movie. Yeah. Jake, what do you got for your beers? Uh, for these well, I joined you. <laughs> uh, funny, I did just eat a hot dog, actually. It's Saturday. <laughs> College football season. Hot dogs are a great choice. I, I brought some 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 vodka as well. What kind of vodka did you bring? Uh, I actually don't remember. I think it was Reka. It was whatever I had in the fucking sure. liquor drawer. Sure. Uh, liquor yeah. drawer? I did uh, shelf. Is that what it's called? I don't know. Where do you, where do you it's get a shelf? Drawer or shelf? It's a Those shelf. Those are two distinct <laughs> no, things. It is a shelf. Okay. <laughs> it is distinctly a shelf. Uh, I have vodka, though. Let's let's just do that right now. I gotta let's get, yeah, let's get this out of the way. Mark, I also have vodka i'm drinking five wives nice all so. right cheers boys <sighs> oh it goes down some Woo! five Tastes wives like is cleaning so good, guys <laughs> it's like rubbing alcohol stole is actually pretty good it was more expensive than i thought but did i tell you about the i did like the vodka is like the historically it is the marketing case study of liquors where it's like none of this matters right you, the great cheap right basically yeah uh did a blind taste test Almost everyone doing it, their favorite was the cheapest. And it was ranging <laughs> from like an eight ninety nine plastic bottle shit to like a $35 bottle. Uh, yeah, I drank Kettle works. One in college exclusively because of those commercials. Branding is important, Jack. Yeah, uh, I'm going to get into the rest of my beers for fears part. Um, I also went off. I didn't choose to do a nautical thing. I have a beer by Almanac Brewing. That part does not matter. This is called Sunshine and Opportunity. And I was thinking about this movie and what it's really about. And you have... These mermaids go on dry land. They they saw an opportunity, right, to they get did. them to get themselves some into some fun. One of the girls falls in love. She has the opportunity of a lifetime to really like find love. But what ends up undoing it? Well, it was it was sunshine. She turned to sea foam. <laughs> so I'm gonna crack this bastard right now. <laughs> okay, she has the opportunity of a lifetime to effectively be like a immigrant forced into sex work. Uh, well, I, I, okay, I did not have as dark of a read on it as you, but um, you know. They thought they had an opportunity, and she ended up dying via sunshine. <laughs> nice. I like it. Um, and if you are a patron at any level, you can go to our uh, page over there and vote on who lost Beers for Fears and what movie they have to watch as a result of losing that, which is a nice little transition Ooh. into our next segment. Now, Jake, you were Ooh. talking about wanting to make this a little more official. Well, I want to make it make sense. Okay. You know, not enough things on our podcast make sense, mm, you'll find. Fine. So let's really compartmentalize harder. Okay. I think that's probably the way to go. I like it. Make more segments. Award-winning segments. Make them segments. more defined. That's how we win awards. We have to try. Yeah. You have to try. So let's let's do something new this week. Let's try like a definitive, this is our beers for fears, loss, penance, payment, whatever segment. Drop it. Go. Mm, beer. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. What an idiot. You suck. Okay, I like it. Very solid. I'm getting very animated with my hand gestures, and, and it's barely the start of the podcast. And as I understand it, we're using the entirety of the Scatman's World song to exactly this? yes, yeah, yes. Okay, listener, Great. you're gonna love it. <laughs> it's only a four and a half minute song. It's fine. Um, I got one. Do I'm it. a few behind, but I watch. It should count as two movies because it took me two tries to get all the way through this fucking piece. Oh, of finally, shit. <laughs> yeah. I watched Lady in the Water. Yeah, you did. I love this movie, M- Mark. When I had to watch this. You told me I should actually give it a shot because you thought I might actually like it. This so, might be M. Night Shyamalan's worst movie. Oh, that's not me, true. 
That's not true. Let me back you up for a split second, though. Yeah. As part of continuing to try to better ourselves. Okay. Let's let's do a quick recap on what this. Okay, Lady in the Water. Why did you have to watch it? Uh, because I lost. I uh, don't remember what beer, but I lost another M Night Shyamalan movie, Devil. Even though he, that's not actually directed is, by Shyamalan. Okay, so we picked. You, you, okay, patrons got to vote on the movie. They were other, I believe, Shyamalan movies. I think is that so. Correct? I think Mark made that poll. So, that, that, yeah. so you're getting close. Uh, you actually. Uh, Jake lost to Devil because he was gone for that episode and had to watch Emily uh, Exorcism of Emily Rose. You made a bet in Devil, which was the location of the U.S. Mint, which you lost. Uh, and that is why you had to watch Lady in the Water. So oh, the so first one we did in this official new segment didn't actually belong in the segment? Uh, yeah, uh, kind of. I'm, I mean, I'm counting way. it, though. I'm okay. counting it, though. Yeah, this is going to be our It was, our it pay, was based, I mean, we to determine the location of the U.S. Mint, we actually put it out for a poll. Because it was a little, oh, that's it was right. a little yeah, ambiguous. Okay. So the patrons did still choose the loser of, of the bets. I'm with it. That's fine. I like it. Okay. Yeah. And they did vote on the movie I had to watch. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about it. Why do you hate this one? Why is it his worst film? Because you're wrong. Holy fucking shit. It's so pretentious and so <laughs> stupid. It's astonishing. <laughs> it is so pretentious. That is the appropriate word. I yeah. hate it so much. I can't describe it. Let me just pull up my notes real quick about it. fucking. I mean, Paul Giamatti actually does a pretty good job. That's the sole saving grace of this. Bryce Dallas Howard is fine, but just fuck it. His name is Cleveland Heap. What's wrong with that? The first line he says in the movie is, "There's no such thing as creatures." Okay. What <laughs> the fuck are you talking? No, he's about? right. He's right. Birds don't fly at night. There's birds don't fly at night. It's oh, so stupid. No. Oh, I no. really fucking hate it. Uh, it's just, it, and M Night Shyamalan's performance is astonishingly terrible. And he's throughout this. He's a very substantial well, character in this well. movie. And I yeah, yeah, I would say this is the one he's most heavily in, of his own movies where he stars in it. This is his most heavily involved role. And he doesn't just, he's not just a character in it. He's a character whose writing's going to save the world and inspire a president and change the course of modern history. Yep. Oh my his fucking God. His book will God. sit on his shelf. It, it's I, called I had the to, cookbook. I turned, I turned it off three different times. So I made it about 40 minutes <laughs> in the first time, turned it off, gave it five minutes, came back to it, made it another 10 minutes, turned it off for good that day. Then I started again and I uh, started for maybe 10 minutes back before and I made it through. But holy shit, I drank a lot during it. It's so stupid. I don't know what you like. There's nothing good about it. There's no good sequence that I enjoy. I don't like the plot. I don't like the way it's executed. I don't like the way they talk to each executed? other. I don't like. I'm, re- I'm really angry right now. I can tell. I really fucking hate. What do you like about this movie? Uh, I d- uh, my mom really likes this movie, and I had a good time watching this movie with my mom. That's why. That's, That's totally hard to fair. argue with. That's yeah. totally fair. Yeah. So I was also on the train that it's like, hey, this isn't his worst movie. I, It's it's, it's down barely, there. I mean, it's, it's not. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. We're not arguing that it's like amongst his best, right? Yeah. No, but no, it's no, also, certainly not. I mean, he has another movie that people like legitimately refuse to believe exists. So What's that one? Avatar oh, The Last, Last Airbender. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say that. I mean, this is, yeah, that that's very, very bad. I saw that in theaters. That's horror in its own right. Yeah. But that's all I got uh, as penance. I really fucking hated it. Thanks, patrons. It sucked. You're welcome. Mark! Oh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I got nothing. Pass. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I have... Do you have to watch any? Do you have any on the list? Or are you just riding high right now? Uh, I have Jaws 2 on the list, but I have not had a chance to watch it. I have a bunch of stuff to talk about outside of this segment. The sub-sub okay. segment. 
Ooh. Fair enough. Uh, Jake, what about you? You got uh, any repayments? I, I, well, I just got assigned one. Oh. Yeah, for my loss on Gracefield Incident. I'm okay. going to have to watch Fire in the Sky. I'll be coming at you with that next week. Very solid. Very move solid. Out. Move, on, move out, move on. Scatman's World. Move out, move on. Okay. Should we talk about our other movies? Standard beers for fear. Not beers for fears. Nope. Standard what's been rocking our whole Oh, world. God, it's going to take a while, guys. It's, you confused me. You've made a new segment. It's I was okay. really gonna, setting my it's ways. Gonna be fine. We also shouldn't have made you so mad in the first part because that also frazzles you a bit. It really, I really did get frazzled. Um, I've got, uh, I've got one uh, other thing that's been rocking my horror world. Not a movie, but it's a podcast. One that I kind of go in and out on, and not because I, I don't like it. It's just one that like I, I go through waves of. I'll listen to a whole bunch in a row that I don't listen to for a while. But I'm uh, the creepy podcast. I think I've mentioned it like once, maybe twice before yeah. on the show. Yeah, really cool. So a lot of original fiction stuff, and also some like tellings of creepy pasta or you know, kind of folklorish stuff, but really awesome. The majority of it these days seems to me to be original fiction, and it's really fucking cool. There's not enough original fiction, and original fiction doesn't get enough love in the horror world. So check Definitely. that out. A lot of work seems to go into it. Really cool. Can we link them down there in the description below, Absolutely, Jack? yeah. Okay, I'll give thanks. them a link. But in any case, I've been I've been diving back in on that recently. In the last few episodes, I've really been enjoying. So. Cool. That's awesome. That's all I've got. Jake! Yeah, dude. Oh, Mark, yeah. Sorry. I was going to say, say the name one more time. The Creepy Podcast. There you go. It's, very it's as easy. creatively titled as our name. <laughs> it's probably more But creative. better. It's actually probably I mean, their URLs are probably at least consistent across the social media and their website and stuff. So, uh, Mark, A2ZHorror.com with a T-O is the future home of something quite cool. Yeah. It reminds me of Dunder Mifflin's <laughs> website. Yeah, coming Christmas, coming Christmas 1996. <laughs> Fuck. All right, Jake, what do you got? Two things. Two of them. Uh, I am really trying to start moving on my list of movies that I want to see from 2019, the things that could potentially come up on an omnibus yeah, later in the hypothetically. year. Hypothetically. Uh, I'm first going to talk about, okay, I have two. I know that Mark and I are going to talk about one of them, so I'm going to talk about the other one first. I watched a movie called Braid. Okay. Uh, this I came also out watched earlier. this one a while ago. Okay. Did you talk about it on the podcast? I don't remember that. Yes. Ah, huh, interesting. He talks okay. about so much, man. Yeah. It's hard to Yeah, it's hard, hard to keep, to keep up, up with this guy. It's weird. I um, watch horror movies. It's it's I'm sorry. <laughs> shocking. Uh in any case, this is a movie about three women, two they're they're old friends. Two of them are like running from the law, thieves, and they go to visit their very wealthy yet eccentric other friend from their childhood, and they're doing it to try to rob her. Uh, in a safe that's on her estate and repay somebody they owe a lot of money to for a drug deal, right? This movie goes way off the real rails almost immediately, and it does so intentionally. Like, this movie is trying to put you in a headspace that you are way off balance and you can't keep up for okay. the dura- for pretty much the duration. <laughs> All right. Um, and I think in that regard, it is very successful. There were many times during this movie where I completely lost the thread, a couple of which I was like, <laughs> I don't even know what it wants me to think yeah. anymore. It's not that it's not I, that you lost the thread. It's that the thread ceases the thread, to be. The, thre- the thread ceases, ceases <laughs> to be. there. I think it's like still kind of there. This is one of those movies where it's like you could just be like, yeah, I mean, it was you could make a total, totally sound, I think, argument for like, everything that it's doing but you are at risk of sounding extremely pretentious in doing so (laughs) i liked it it's a really cool movie to look at and i think that you're going to gain value from watching it a couple times probably i do think it's well made i believe i don't know the director's name i believe this is her first film though uh it looks gorgeous i think that the all the performances were adequate to above adequate and uh it's one that i would recommend from a sheer weirdness standpoint 
but I think that to give it like a wholehearted thumbs up or thumbs down, I would need to watch it multiple times. So your mileage may vary there. It's one of those types of movies. Okay. And How probably alongside it? like a like a Spark Notes handbook that I could be reading as I'm watching it. Right. That <laughs> might help. Yeah. How did you watch it? Uh, this is, if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber, it's now free. Yeah, uh, okay. Earlier, I was looking at it earlier in the year and you had to pay, but now it's Prime free. So yeah. Yeah, it's that been, one's interesting. It's been free for a minute. Uh, the director, okay. by the way, is Mitzi Perone or Peroni. Cool. I'm not sure how cool. she says her name. So, Mark, because I don't remember it at all, did you give this one thumbs up, thumbs down, similar feelings to mine or different? Um, I'm sure if I had given it a thumb rating, I probably would have come up with some type of like Dadaist, absurdist. I gave it a thumb to the upper left, and then sure. my thumb turned into a giraffe type of thing. Yep, that's what this movie was. Yeah. <laughs> it was interesting. I'll give it that. It, I, I will. I mean, the one note I just went back and looked at it. The one note I had was that I did enjoy Madeline Brewer's performance. She's one of. I think she's the wealthy friend that they go and visit. If memory yeah. serves. Yeah. No. She was. Uh, she was I the do strongest enjoy, performance. I enjoy her in many many things, and she does a good job here. Okay. It's I'm hard, not really familiar. It's with weird her, so. to watch people play uh, like emotionally, psychologically disturbed people and see like the different takes they have on it. I don't know if there's an appropriate way to play that, but she does play crazy very well. She does that yeah. in basically everything. Yeah, and this one's kind of hard because we're not here to spoil in this segment, but it's not just that she's psychologically disturbed. I will say that. Ooh, spoilers. Yeah. Mm. That, I, I, I'm sure of that after watching it once, I think. Upward <laughs> inflection. Uh, okay, second movie. Tigers are not afraid. It's out on Shutter now. Oh, this was my top one for that month, I think. Uh, I yeah. I mean, it was right up there for all of us. It looked yeah. really cool. Looked kind of like real artsy, but also kind of del Toro-y. Yeah. Like whimsical. So, yeah, so whimsical check. Del Toro-y, no. Whimsical. Uh, what was the other thing you said? I don't know. Oh. I think that was it. Okay. Artsy? I think that was it. I think that artsy. was it. Artsy, artsy, sort of. It was whimsical. Yes. Okay. I agree. Not Del Toro-y. Okay. Uh, I, look, I mean, PSA, if if you're interested and this is not a spoiler, there are not, like, Del Toro monsters in this movie. That does not exist. Sure. But it is still, like, dark whimsy, and this movie is fucking heavy. Uh, I really liked it, though. It's gonna be a bit of a slog. Like you're not gonna exit this movie and go to a party. You're gonna okay. curl up in the fetal position Oof. and go to sleep. Yeah, okay. you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna do what I did, which is go sit in your shower for a minute. Oh and just god, sort of digest. <laughs> yeah, this but, movie. Um, this movie is the the word I'd written down. I totally 100% agree with heavy. After I watched it, I sent you guys a warning: heavy, do not lift with back. Yep. <laughs> warning. Label it was for this movie. Yep. Very confusing as to what you were talking about. Yeah. Uh, and, but the one thing, the the word I would ascribe to this one is heartbreaking. It is yeah. so hard to watch. Yeah, it's Oof. it's difficult. Uh, and just for the listeners who may not be as familiar, I, you probably all are. You're very smart. But this one is... <laughs> how pandering. Is that, how pandering. is that for pandering? <laughs> uh, this one takes place modern day Mexico drug wars, and it follows a group of orphan children, pri- primarily those whose parents have been taken. Yeah, lighthearted stuff. Killed. Yeah. Very lighthearted stuff. And it's them trying to survive basically the aftermath of that and living in that scenario uh, where there's still a lot of bad people out trying to do bad things to them. Uh, really rough stuff. Uh, but hi- I-, I highly recommend it. This is one of the best films I've seen in a long time. It's just you need to be in the right headspace to handle it. Cool. Is this a rental VOD kind of a situation? This is Shudder. Shudder. Okay. I believe it's exclusive right now. That's cool. Uh, yeah. Get fucking Shutter. It's they are really starting to hit harder. <laughs> they really are. For the They're record, not sponsored. I only cried a medium amount. Hey, okay. 
<laughs> so I'm pretty brave. Jack, Thank you Jack, very much. Jack might die of dehydration. You're going to need an IV drip. <laughs> yeah, Jack, go go in uh, with a with a Nalgene to make sure you're okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a good one, though. It really is. That's awesome. That's yeah. really By cool. the way, I just noticed that, again, I'm a little rusty because I've just been talking to one of you for the last few weeks. I've been speaking while like not right into my mic, so I'm going to fix that for the rest of the episode. My Thank bad. you. Yeah, I'm definitely going to immediately forget about that in about two minutes. So. Uh, well, it'll be a joke at I that point, I think I just Mark. saw you have another shot off mic. Did that happen? Yeah. Oh, God damn it. The uh, so uh, while Jack's taking a redemption shot, I suppose whatever retribution shot, I don't know what to call this. Um, this movie does something very interesting that I don't know if I have another example of from the horror world, which is we talked about. It is whimsical. It has these like moments where these kids who are all orphans are having fun, um, yeah. and like legitimately has funny moments, and it uses those points of whimsy and childhood wonder and naivete, whatever, that as a direct contrast to what their lives actually are. So in this movie, like the act, the real horror, there are, let me, don't get me wrong. There are actual horror things in this movie that are pretty goddamn weird and freaky, but yep. like the real horror here is the way they show the childhood that these kids should have, but don't have as a result of the violence in their culture. And that's like, and that's why this movie is so fucking heartbreaking, because it's like actually kind of the happy scenes that are the saddest. Uh, yeah, and it's how it. It, it yes, agreed. I don't have a quip. <laughs> it it, it in the, you don't need to like yes, the way it places those amidst the overall setting and how it intersperses moments of that with the really heavy part of what that movie is is I think it makes it hit harder. This movie would thundergun Jack for your absolute. Well, like it's on my cry short zone. list. So. That, yeah, that uh, said, you should watch it. It's a good movie. In the very least, it's well made. The animations and stuff, which you got a little bit of a, a shot of in the trailer, of the, it's set against. There's layers on layers on layers of metaphor here, but like the, it is yeah. shot against this sort of. The opening sequence is about fairy tales and a prince becoming a tiger, and also that's why the t- movies called Tigers Are Not Afraid. Um, and there's these cool animations that like play through graffiti on walls and stuff, and that stuff's done very, very well and interesting. And I, I mean, I, I kind of liked that part of it. So, you should. It's visually very interesting as a movie. Okay, well, you, this is a recommend. Just know what you're getting into. Yes, uh, sounds good. Pick okay. your spots. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's all I have. <laughs> all right, Mark. What else you got? Oh man, uh, I got a lot of things. So I was gone last week, and um, that was an excused absence. But I, uh, I, I don't know I was, what that I, means. Well, I it's cleared a dig it with you guys in advance. We had a plan going around it, and um, I see. Yeah, I, he's okay. calling you truant. Yeah. Jack. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Exactly. I have a few things to talk about, so I'm going to start with the plane movies. Um, I so oh boy. if you weren't aware, I flew to Paris and then Scotland. We stayed in Edinburgh for a day and then toured around the Alice Sky and whatnot. And um, basically, everywhere we went, we did haunted tours of stuff. So I have some horror content to talk about there. If you are a patron, you can see the photos. Some of the photos I've taken from uh, that journey. I'm going to start though with all the movies I watched on the airplane because there's a lot of horror movies that. Basically, I will only watch if you trap me and force me to watch movies for nine hours. Oh, yeah. What are they? <laughs> Do uh, it. Uh, this is not a... This is more stuff that I had like a passing interest in and just not enough time to watch. Um, but first off, The Man Who Killed Hitler and then The Bigfoot. Sure. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah Sam Elliott. Yes, it's Sam Elliott. Um, I watched this on... 
the flight out there. I also noticed once I got back that this is free on Hulu if you are interested. Nice. This is so. I can't remember. We did include this as a full feature in our HRR, right? And not yes, just we a sure did. Thing. Yep. Okay. So it is probably in the horror-ish bucket, but there are, without spoiling much, there is like definitively a sequence that is that you could easily consider horror. Um, m- ultimately, though, this is like this was also kind of a heavy movie that I was not expecting it to be what? as heavy as it is. Yeah, dude, you can't title the movie that. And Sam Elliott fighting Bigfoot and Hitler, and it's a heavy movie. This is a movie about a survivor of World War II who did not like the role he played in it, but did it because it was better for humanity. He grew Killing apart from Hitler? his loved ones and ostracized himself from society and then is now... I, I don't want to spoil things, but it, it's about how he comes to oh. terms with the violence in his life, essentially. Oh, my God. Uh, oh my God. It's, this is a movie about PTSD. Why did they call it this? <laughs> kind of. and uh, Not, I mean, kind of. You should watch this. Just cool. you should watch this. It's free on. It Hulu. is a recommend. Okay, this okay. is a, good. Th- this is more light than Tigers Are Not Afraid, uh, but oh, it's I also not so. like a lighthearted romp, Freddie v. Jason type of movie. Like this, oh, geez, j- so. you know, it's 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 well done. Sam Elliott turns in a great performance. He's got a good supporting cast. I liked. Unsurprisingly, no shit. Yeah, no shit. yeah. Um, I liked this movie quite a bit. It kept me up on the plane when I was trying to sleep. And if I'm actively okay. trying to sleep, then I'm not going to pay attention to things, and I paid attention to this one, so there you go. Immersion, 10. <laughs> uh, maybe. Eight. It's, it, it was up there. It was, it's, I mean, it was up there, so there you Eight go. Eight and half. Okay, I don't care. Continue. Uh, Greta? Do you guys do either of you guys remember this? This is a Chloe Grace Moretz movie. We talked about it forever ago, maybe I didn't remember ago. until you said Chloe Grace Moretz. Yeah, so uh, uh, Chloe Greta- Grace Moretz, this is a kind of typical stalker fair type thing. Jake's making a masturbation uh, hand gesture. <laughs> With a very large hypothetical penis. Well, oh, man. average size. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like 8 to 10 inches average size. Extra medium. <laughs> uh, sorry, Jake. I guess I did cut you off after I asked you whether or not you just, you'd heard you remember this. but It's fine. Continue. Okay. I don't give a fuck okay. anymore. Uh, this is your typical, like, stalker movie fair. We don't watch a lot of these, so I'll throw it out there that this one was all right. Um, the... Takeaway that I had from this was just don't be nice to people. Don't ever, ever be nice to people. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> um, this is fuck, fuck people. Annoy this, the movie. The like primary annoyance of this movie is it's like it, you could so easily solve your way out of the conundrum that she's in in this movie. It's it's not like a realistic conflict, but whatever. The movie happens the way it does. So if you like this type of thing of just like very problematic psychopath in your life type movies of spurned lover or general psychopath who's stalking you type stuff. And this is not a bad entry into that genre. Okay. I, I generally like Chloe Grace Moretz. Uh, yeah, and she does a very good job. Uh, okay, so now let's get to the meat of it. I did a few different tours. So I toured the Parisian Catacombs. I toured uh, the... We did a murder mystery tour of the Louvre. Uh, which mostly was centered on like art depicting murders and stuff like that, but also like some crazy fucking shit has happened literally in the Louvre because the Louvre used to be the palace of the Sun King or something like that. What? Yeah, the Sun Prince. I don't know. I'm Ra- not good at history. Ra- Ra- Anyways, there Ra- was a wedding there a while ago, and now the the wedding hall that uh, was the site of this story is now a where, where there's a bunch of like sculptures and stuff in there. 
there was like I think it was a, one of the Medici's was marrying someone from Scotland. I, I like I said, not great at history, but uh, <laughs> th- this wedding resulted in the death of tens of thousands of people. Wow. Uh, basically, they tried to assassinate the groom, missed, and then decided that uh, if he got back to his people and told them about the assassination plot, they'd be fucked. So they killed everyone. So they did they assassinate the groom? No, they missed. They hit him in. The, so they shot. They tried to shoot him. They missed, and they hit him in the shoulder. Um, uh-huh. And then they were. And then they went back into their kind of private chambers. And they was like, we gotta, we gotta kill everybody. If, if so they, he he's he. Okay, hold on. I got it was sort of the original red wedding. Hold course. on. He skedaddled, and then they killed all the people at the wedding. It, but he it, it turned into it turned into a Protestants versus I think Catholics thing at that point. Oh, I love it! If Perfect. they tried to shoot him and they hit him in the shoulder, they didn't. They miss. did shoot him, they but they didn't successfully kill him. shot him. Well, and they tried you, to kill him with a pistol, that, and instead that, of killing okay, him, they shot right. him in the shoulder. And I'm I'm him. I'm missing the point here, though, because even if they kill everyone else, if he if he left and survived, and he's like, look at my shoulder. That's a recipe for a Batman right there. Yeah, <laughs> and you don't, don't want to make it. a Batman. You don't want to. <laughs> um, Mark, I, I'm not that familiar on the history of the Louvre. Um, is it Sun King, like S-U-N King, like an Egyptian thing, or is it S-O-N? a king's son? Yeah, I think it's it, they're, they're a lo- like one of the Louis had a son that overtook the palace after his whole situation. I, is Or is there a Sun King, S-U-N King? Of which I'm unaware. I'm fairly so. It's the Sun S U N King. That was that is not what I expected. That is so. When did that? I mean, France has been Christian for so long. Well, it's, it wasn't like a deity type thing. It was that he was. I, I I don't know. Like I said, I am not the history person here. Then we are. We should not be discussing this part. <laughs> okay. You should continue. My my point here was that there the one of the rooms of the Louvre, which is now an ex- exhibition hall, was the site of a large-scale streets running red with blood type massacre. The Seine turned red, right? Yeah. Um, so they, we walked through there, um, and we also walked through, so when I.M. Pei did the renovations of it in the early 80s, I want to say, they found the old, like, castle walls and uh, removed all, like, basically, like, did a, paleo- a paleological dig, paleontological dig, uh, and preserved all of the walls of the castle and stuff. And um, there's some cool stories down there of like these mad princes that were technically the king, but were kept in this like moat dungeon area because they were like literally crazy. That's awesome. Um, so we did shit like that. That tour was awesome. If you're going to Paris anytime soon, just a quick like hack. We did this, and since I don't think anyone else is actually interested in the quote murder mystery tour of the Louvre, we basically it was me and my lovely wife, uh, and the tour guide. We were the only ones who signed. That's up. really so we cool. got a private tour of the Louvre. It was That's nice. really cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, now I've done the, I've done the catacombs tour, and it when I did it, it was like you're you're kind of nuts to butts with the tour group right behind you. It kind of sucked in that way, but it was uh, really cool to see. Yeah, so a few things on the Par- Parisian catacombs. One, definitely do a skip the line tour because that line was out of control. The line to get in the Louvre was like maybe two minutes. The line to get into the catacombs was probably two hours. Yeah, I was poor as shit I mean, when I did sense. that. Uh, and, I mean, skip the line costs an extra like five euro or something. So, Oh, God. I, I did not have it. 100% <laughs> worth it. Um, you, you see a lot of cool stuff. Here's a quick, quick quiz on the background of the catacombs. Cause I did not know what it was. Were you guys aware of the fact that the bones and skulls and stuff were not down there originally? 
Yes, nope. because I did the tour. Right. <laughs> no, because I didn't do the tour. Okay, so a quick quick piece of edification. The, the catacombs themselves are um, limestone quarries. This was basically in the times before Paris being a gigantic city like it is today, they quarry, they dug 60 feet into the ground, 20 meters into the ground, and quarried out all this limestone. And nothing was above it at the time. And then Paris expanded, and now you're over this like kind of empty space that has a tendency to collapse. Um, There is an old way to shore up the walls and make sure that it's uh, stable and, you know, it doesn't collapse, which is basically you fill in the areas against the walls with smaller sediment and then put the gigantic, like the bigger boulders and stuff on the outside, forming these hallways that you can walk through and simultaneously holding up that passageway without being a cause for collapse. Uh, they ran out of rock to do that, so they brought in the bones of six million plus people and formed these ossuaries. Where they is get them? What you technic- what you usually see when you're looking at the catacombs. How? How? Where? <laughs> six million people. Where? Yeah. Where? What do you mean where? It's in the catacombs. What do you mean where? You said they brought in the bones of six million people. Where they get them? They from, killed six from million the people? graveyards of Paris. Oh, so, so as- they just. They just exhumed six million people. Yes. they were like, "Hold on, <laughs> that's exactly what they did." They Hold on a second, six million people. Fuck all y'all. We're gonna take your bones. So yeah. a lot of the a lot of the graveyards. I should say this From is living people. This like, is you, not you, modern. You can give a fever. <laughs> this is not modern times where they're doing this. Right. This is a couple hundred years ago. Through, I wasn't listening closely, but I want to say through the like early seventeen hundreds, <laughs> they were doing this. Um, but the, it's not also just digging up individual graves. There was also mass grave sites for a few churches. So you kind of just had to dig one hole and just pull bones out. Anyways, as you're walking through now, they, they organize the piles of bones by the graveyard that they got them from. Um, so you can, if you look up in the ancestral catalog, whatever, and you know, you have family from, this specific graveyard or church, you can go to that grave marker and granted it's like a gigantic pile of bodies at that point, but you know roughly where like the individual graveyards were. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that was, I think my big takeaway from the catacombs was like, I didn't realize that this was not an originally intended to be a grave site. It was basically that they're using the (laughs) bones of their ancestors to shore up the walls of the limestone quarries so that their city doesn't collapse. That is symbolic as fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Cool tour. You should do it. Skip the line. If you're over six foot five, it's going to be, you're going to hunch the entire time. (laughs) There are some very low ceilings in there. I'm almost six foot five. I'm, you are, you're not get the fuck out of here. I'm six four. You're not six four. I had a physical three weeks ago. Six you're three. Six foot four. Six four. If you're wearing three inch lifts. <laughs> oh. I'm six four. Okay. Fuck you. I'm um, every bit of last, five ten. So. Uh, the last <laughs> thing I'm going to talk about you. real quick, and I have been talking forever, so I'm going to make it quick. But we did do the uh, Southbridge Vaults tour of Edinburgh, which is supposedly one of the most haunted sites in the UK. So, uh, as a quick background, in Edinburgh there was a, an Irish slum on the I guess south side of town, and instead of doing anything about it, the Edinburghites decided to just build a bridge over the top of the poverty. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, so this bridge, which was a series, uh, it was an archway, kind of like picture like a Roman aqueduct type architecture thing. Um, I will. That bridge goes over this dip in the city outside of the Royal Mile. And then over time, uh, buildings have been built on both sides of that, closing off all of the arches. So the arches are still there, but you, there's there's no like 
you can't see the, the you know it, it's enclosed now it's a room um they sold this space inside of the bridge as like artisanal shops and stuff cobblers and blacksmiths and all this other shit some storage space um and as a result but then it's not waterproof they have sewage issues there's no plumbing people are throwing their shit out the windows uh this space also becomes sort of a den of poverty and disease and whatever a bunch of people die it's where all the poor people live it becomes haunted supposedly um so you can do this tour kind of through this unused part of the bridge that is preserved and like get the historical perspective of how poor people were treated in, in Edinburgh back in the days. Um, and supposedly there are three or four ghosts. We did not see any of the ghosts, unfortunately, but we did get scotch afterward, which was uh, really nice. It's a pretty cool tour. I enjoyed it. You should do it if you're in Edinburgh. I like it. Very nice. Uh, so that's the vaults of the South Bridge. There's also a bunch of walking tours. We did a few of them of Edinburgh outside. Uh, there's a lot of... That's a scary city. They like their, They lean really hard into the horror elements of their past. They have like... they have. We think we have the Salem Witch Trials. I mean, we do have the Salem Witch Trials. We think the Salem Witch Trials were a big thing. We killed <laughs> like... We killed like a couple dozen people. They killed thousands of people claiming they were witches. Jesus. Yeah, man, the Europeans are fucking gnarly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Edinburgh has a bit of a past to it. Yeah, it's a bloody city. Yeah. I did enjoy it, though. Great city. Really a lot of fun. We had a bunch of microbreweries as well, a lot of distilleries. It was it was a good trip. I enjoyed it. Thank good you for covering them. me in my absence. Freddie V. Jason was a great episode, guys. Hey, thanks, buddy. Oh, that was nice. Yeah. Yeah. God, it's ex- been can we exit, please? 40 minutes. We got to get to the feature presentation. I'm about ready to be done. And this has been episode whatever the something. <laughs> now nah, feature presentation, just fucking yeah. with you. Yeah. Over at ADCHorror.com this week, we watched 2015's The Lure, which was a Patreon pick. This is from patron Leslie. Leslie, thank you very much for picking this. Woo! Uh, I saw this I before. Know. Yeah, you had seen this one. I yeah. think I picked it. As a top one, maybe I on an HRR. I, I think that's why I watched it before. Why else would I? Have why watched would it? you have picked it as a top one? What about that would have said top one? I don't to you? fucking know, man. Cool. I'm gonna look it up. We'll do it. You got time. It's not gonna be hard. It'll happen during this episode. Jesus I'm not gonna Christ. like rush. I'll uh, do it. Neither of you guys had seen this before. Fuck no. <laughs> Mark? Uh, no, I had not. You had talked about it. That's the extent of the exposure I had to it. It affected me when I watched it the first time. It, I, I enjoyed it. In yeah. what way? How, yeah. how did it touch you, Jack? <laughs> show where us on the it, doll. Show us where it touched you. It was just it was an, a movie that I I very much enjoyed watching and liked having watched, but was not eager to revisit. Is where I was at with it. Huh. It felt like one of those. Okay. My mind has since one of those changed. ones you need to see once and that's it. Yes, I I've <laughs> spo- you've now seen it twice, spoilers. so I'm very interested. Yeah, my it. mind has changed. Um, in oh. any case, yeah. No. What 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 were you guys thinking about going to this? Because you heard me talk about it. Uh, I wasn't really excited. <laughs> now I'm not. <laughs> I'm. Not, I knew this was a musical. I'm not a musical guy. Uh, that's about all I had. I was okay. excited to see it. I knew it would be weird. I was not expecting it to be this weird. Yeah. Huh. Very very weird. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That, we're gonna use that word a hundred percent of the time. In this podcast, if uh, you want just a quick side fun game, drink every time we say weird, because it's going to happen a lot. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we got to move on to the 30-second plot synopsis, but this was a patron pick. Yes, it was. So 
Oh, baby, oh, baby, oh, baby, oh, baby, oh, baby. Leslie has given us a 30-second We actually synopsis. know what it sounds like. Uh, Well, you didn't have to do it that way. You give too much of a peek behind the curtain. Why it's don't fine. we all listen to it? Sure. Okay, I haven't heard it yet. Then Let's we'll listen. talk about it. Fuck you. God damn it. <laughs> Roll the clip. Two mermaids, Golden and Silver, become the headliners at an adult nightclub in Poland. Silver falls in love with the bass player of the house band. Physical love is not reciprocated as he thinks of her as a fish, so she has her tail surgically removed, resulting in the loss of her voice. As she's recovering from this, he falls in love and marries another woman. According to Merperson Law, if she does not eat him before sunrise the day after his wedding, she will turn into sea foam. She loves him too much, turns into sea foam, and a distraught Golden rips out his throat before diving into the ocean. The end. Holy shit. Uh, that is so- probably one of the best 30-second plot synopses we've ever done. Yeah, it was like it was like twenty se- twenty eight seconds, and then at the end, it just, and then just... and then the the end is the mic drop too. Yeah, and what that makes me think is rehearsed, right? It, oh uh, yes, probably 100% one hundred percent rehearsed. I think that sounded like one take to me. Uh, no, <laughs> and I don't know. I either feel really bad about myself and by extension both of you, or I feel like it was rehearsed. And honestly, that's not a bad thing. Like if you're gonna put in the effort to make quality content like that, hey. Cheers, Leslie. Yeah, that's Thank the, you. That's the second best 30-second plot synopsis we've ever had behind Mark's planned out rhyming 30-second oh, one. Oh, I, I kind of liked writing that thing. I'm gonna, that I was the best thing we've ever produced, cool. I think. Anyway, yeah. Leslie, regardless of what you Fan did and how many times it took you, that was job. awesome. Yeah. Thank you for doing it. You hit the nail on the fucking head, so thanks. Yeah. Bar set for future patrons who have to also provide 30-second plot synopsis. Yeah, the bar's high, y'all. Wow. 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 Mermaids. <laughs> that, that that is the are topic of this. Is that what Would you like to talk about our award-winning segment? Oh yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> You're just gonna say mermaids. The second Scully kind of brought me to a level. Do you want me to do it? Please. Do you want me to intro this yeah, part? Okay, there. cool. Time for our award-winning segment. What in the fuck subgenres of horror does this movie fit into? Mermaids. Oh, you got it. Uh, foreign. Do we yep. have that? No, we do not have that. Do, would you like me to add that? That hell one we should no. add. Hell no. What are you talking about? We. How many horror? Subgenres involve mermaids. Tell me right now. One. Well, there's only the one because it's called mermaids. The one subgenre of horror involves mermaids. It's called mermaid. What? You're realizing how <laughs> stupid what you said was. Yeah. Uh, prob- I mean, Jake, probably. As an unbiased <laughs> observer, you are in the wrong on this one. Okay. Let me. Can I hold on? I'm gonna rewind. How many movies fit into the subgenre of horror that would be mermaid? Four. Okay, that's not enough. <laughs> What? Oh, I'm, you want I'm, me to go through the fucking list of subgenres we have? <laughs> yeah, I kind of do. I kind of do. I think four is not enough. I don't know how to get there because our cascading file system is disastrous. <laughs> There's only like 70 of these subgenres. It's Mermaid not scalable. Not we are not scalable at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's foreign. It is very foreign. It's a musical. It's we a musical. should have musical. That's probably also not on there somehow. How many musical horror musicals are there? Actually, More actually than four? this is an interesting point. That, uh, yes. This is an Name interesting them. point. What? Name them. I don't know if I can off the top, dude. Uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, Little Shop of Horrors, this one, uh, whatever the one with Johnny Depp is, the Demon Barber of Sevilla. Fleet Street. Uh, that's, Nightmare that's... Before Christmas. Uh, there's that one about the oh, girl nightmare. murdering zombies on Christmas last year. Damn. Shit, there's so many. Damn it. Uh, okay, I don't think that's on there, but I do think that musical should be. It should be. Yeah, okay. it definitely should be. It might be because of Nightmare I, I feel like, actually. by definition, we need the actual genres of other movies on this list for crossovers, and musical is definitively like a 
movie genre, so it yes. should be on here. Yes, yeah, it I, is I agree. a this I is a foreign musical. I mean, it, it's yes, Mermaid. Yeah, I don't know if I advocate for adding it to the list, but I will give it to you for the purposes of this episode. Mermaid. It's already on the list, so well, I mean, okay. you don't need to advocate. For it. Oh! <laughs> question though about about the genres. If Mermaid isn't going to be added to the list, would you put this in Vampire? No, I'd put it in Mermaid. Okay, well, but you don't want Mermaid on the list. <laughs> the, the question presupposes I, that you are not putting Mermaid on the list. I just told you. You're doing the exact opposite of begging the question, but not in a good way. I just I gave hate you my it. stance. I hate it. I just gave you my stance. It is the subgenre that fits into, but I don't want it on the list. No, no, no. no. Well, so if, <laughs> if we didn't have Mer- oh my god, if we didn't have Mermaid on the list, it would be like a creature feature type thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Monster. Which, I think They're we monsters. have creature on here somewhere, but I'm we, I can't be. I'd rather put actually. fishes on there than mermaid. You'd rather put fishes. There's probably more fishes. You'd rather have it be a fishes subgenre than a mermaid <laughs> yeah, subgenre. I'll add God. fishes. I'll add fishes real quick. Let's have an octopodes subgenre, please. Octopodes. Uh, it's actually octopodes. I know it is. Subword. Shut up. I, Oh, that's you want to be as pretentious as a person can possibly be. Correct someone saying <laughs> octopi with it's actually octopodes. I do that all the time. It's one of my favorite corrections to it's make. It's so good though. Mark does yeah, that during is. work meetings routinely. Every time an octopi thing comes up, then it, it happens more than you're thinking. It we have an, more, I mean, we have an octopodal. Like, he's some kind of biomedical something. Yeah, it could come up. It I happens it. rarely in the, for a lawyer in Idaho. I can tell you it happens nothing in tech. <laughs> You're just not trying hard enough. Uh, where are we? Where are we? What what uh what the movie does right. Holy shit, Jack. Oh, we're getting loose. We already had the loose episode. Well, we we're multiple shots of vodka in and we've been recording the lo- for 47 the looser, minutes. The looser episode. The looser episode. <laughs> oh, okay. This yeah, one, Jack, that with more loose. You've seen this movie. What does this movie do right? I've seen, seen it twice, twice in now. fact. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh no. yeah, we've all seen this movie. Holy <laughs> shit. The that's looser the episode. Premise of the episode. Oh, we were wait, we were supposed to watch es- this movie before. Esipode. Yeah, the the vodka's really hitting hard. Um, <laughs> woof. Those fools so, know how to drink. This movie Goes hard into its lane, right? It makes choices and commits to them, and I really like that. Give me, give me a couple of the choices that you think are befitting of this segment of the podcast. My favorite one is fully committing to the rock opera thing. This is a rock opera. I mean, yes, it is, and it's awesome. This is a movie that tells its story through songs that happen, right? And I the mean, songs... that's any musical, but it, I mean, it is, <laughs> right? No, 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 no. Yeah, There's you're describing the genre it's in. No, no, no. There, there's a difference between musicals and rock opera. I know, but you where... were describing rock opera. Talk to me about the rock opera part. <laughs> but we're I... just talking about musicals. <laughs> Give there... me rock opera. Go. That's what I'm what? saying. Wait, there hold are... on. What is the difference between a rock opera and a musical? Because I would have used those terms interchangeably I mean, one... based on the genre of the music that came out of the content. One is rock. One is not rock. Okay. I'm, but even that, rock operas don't always, they're not always rock, right? A lot of the Who... The Who is rock, but right. like... So, th- so that's what I'm saying, is it seems like Jack is trying to make the point that musicals and rock operas are differentiated more so more than just by the genre of music that they have in them. And I and think And more they by are. the narrative, by the methodology of the narrative being espoused. My point is rock operas and musicals have the same narrative structure, it's just about the genre of music. And and I'm certainly not... I don't know if I have the, the information to back this up, but this is my thought on the matter, which my my wild speculation on the matter is that musicals tend to build to set pieces and have songs that are surrounded by set pieces, whereas rock operas are developed 
almost exclusively by the songs that happen. So one is all the songs are kind of plot driven. That's a rock opera. Oh, I see. Whereas what you're saying. musicals are much more apt to just have. And now we're all here to this point. Let's sing a song, and it doesn't necessarily advance the plot. All right with that. Yeah. Okay. I gotcha. I mean, one thing that this movie doesn't do that is more of the musical vibe. Uh, and this might jive with what you were just saying, but it was kind of a word salad that you just put out there. So I don't tell me if I'm on the right base or not. Um, this movie doesn't have like the normal cues. Like usually you'll have um, like musical cues that signify certain characters or certain events or certain props or whatever. And yes. then those things come back in the climactic events to form the song that everyone sings at the same time. This is more just like a series of songs that occurs. Right, and that's exactly, that's one of the differences I tend to see between a rock opera and a musical, right? A musical has all that. A rock opera is, and now we're singing to get us to the next plot device so I can tell you about my motivations and stuff. Okay, yeah. Got it. I mean, yeah, that's a good point. The first note I had written down here is that the music pieces are like 98% jams. I enjoyed almost all of the music in this movie. It's really well written. Yeah, especially, I... I have more things to say about the sequence in later segments, but the shopping sequence when they first get to the uh, <laughs> that's city, wild. That song is awesome. I enjoyed it's a it a good lot. Song. Yeah. <laughs> the city will show us what we're missing. And and also, th- I mean, I think so. I'm a person who often has trouble with like the artier movies, right? And especially if it's not to an end, this one feels like exactly what I want out of an art film, right? Isn't, it feels isn't like art sort of by definition not to an end, though. Maybe I don't know. I'm thinking about it now. I, I don't know. I, I think I, I yeah. I think you're. I think you're begging the question, sir. I, I still don't know how to use that. Uh, <laughs> it's closer, closer I than you've been yeah, before. I think that to me, that's correct usage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I I don't I don't know. Don't, I, art can also be to a purpose, though, right? You can have a central running theme. Art isn't just here's something without a purpose. Right, but you're less likely to describe something as artsy if it has a driven purpose. There's probably a good counterexample that I'm not Disagree. able to come up with right now. But frequently, Brain. the reason... Brain. the reason Hold on. The reason we call thing artsy is... Well, what we frequently say is art for art's sake. Yes. Which, yes. It's, which kind of by definition means there is the only purpose of the art here is art. And it's a little pejorative in a way, too, right? Because it also indicates, like, you didn't really have a good idea of what to do. You just had some cool images in your mind you wanted to get out there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, so actually, as a counterexample that I just I just came up with, because I think Jake might have come up with the same thing because he was uh, protesting, but Tigers Are Not Afraid actually is a good, very good counterexample. Oh, he said Braid three times. Well, oh. well you were. I didn't. I, didn't. I, think well, Braid, I think Braid thinks it's saying a lot, and that movie's artsy as shit. Yeah, Braid is art for art's sake. Uh, I d- I that's the exact opposite of what Jake was just saying. Political commentary's <laughs> sake that actually has a very good oh, point and driven purpose. So there you go. Never mind. In any case, I also think that this this movie. So along with the, I mean, it makes their choices right. They they are they are really it's super stylized and it super commits hard to the rock opera thing, but it also does have something to say, right? It is a movie with themes in it of coming of age themes and immigrants being taken advantage of themes. Like it is a movie with stuff to say. And I think it does. It all serves that very well. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of the first thing that I had is that I think this is an interesting, it's an interesting plot because you are saying quite a bit, like, you know, that it's basically about like immigrants and 
people that are like marginalized groups and how they integrate with society. And it's done through basically a Little Mermaid story. This is the Little Mermaid. Yes, right? it is. Yeah. But they, or but Splash. I love Splash, dude. That movie yeah, is amazing. Oh, yeah. Let's not all just blow past Splash like it never happened. That's a great movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. I agree. But I but the great the bigger audience understands the Little Mermaid story. This is a horror saying. version of the Little Mermaid. Yes, it is. Yeah. But it it does have a lot to say. And I think that given the <laughs> I mean, context, in fairness, I think the Little Mermaid may have been a horror version of the Little Mermaid. But continue your point. Sure, that's fine. I mean, I was kind of done. I was just saying that given the context of where this movie is from, and I think that what you'd have to say politically would probably include what we are just talking about, about immigrants and different people melding and how you can integrate into society, there's a lot to unpack there. And and we should say at this point, the director and one of the writers of the movie Whose name I'm never gonna have a fucking chance at Don't. pronouncing. I'm. We should Don't. at least try. Yeah, there are no, a lot you of con- should try. Give it. A, there are a lot a, of consonants. A, a lot of hard consonants. Agnieszka. 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 Agnieszka Smosniska. I only know Agnieszka because of work. Okay. Then there, I don't know the last one. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, anyway. She wrote and directed the movie, or was it one of the writers on the movie, and she wanted to base it a decent amount after her own like life growing up with a mom who was working in a club like this in sure. Poland. Sure. So. But it's cool. It's got a lot to say, and it commits hard to it. And in the interim, they still get those shots that are really cool and arty and, like, one single standalone thing. The one that stands out the most to me is when Gold is singing the song. Golden. Like the, the, the fir- what? Golden. 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 Is it Golden? Fuck. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter. Dude. About how, like she's sad because everybody else is sad that that then comes up later but she's just wandering nude through this apartment of other other people being frozen but that's like one seemingly unbroken shot i think there's hidden cuts in there of her just like wandering through this apartment and observing everybody else in their situation but they do really really cool practical things like the the shithead manager who's pouring himself a glass of vodka it's continuously pouring and it's never the glass is never filling up while she sings for like 15 seconds in there i mean that's that's are you are you making a cinematography that's what i'm saying yes well that's cinematography and props because they very clearly had to build that thing into the table Yeah. Yes, agreed. Yeah, and but also effects because they found some way to keep refilling the vodka bottle that they removed. Well, in I post. think that's. I think that's. Yeah, sure. The, it's the, all, the, it's the, all the cup of those. can be prop. The vodka bottle, I don't think, can be a prop without some rig removal. In right. The the, the, I, the the bottle was probably full of water that they were poured out for the entire sequence, and then like After Effects put j- just never made the level change in the water right. bottle. Yeah, right. Not. Not ridiculously difficult but no. cool really cool. attention to yeah. detail really and like it doesn't look it doesn't need to be difficult we we do i'm not recognize degree of difficulty does. but it's it's still an effective use of effects well you have you can't afford to not hit that either like that attention to detail needs to happen given the type of like what you're trying to paint especially in yeah yeah uh I'm, i want to pile on right now too because one of the things that i had and what the movie does right is the wardrobe and I'm putting wardrobe and props kind of meld in this one because you have, like, I think triumph number one is the fact that you have practical mermaid fin fishtail things. Hell yeah. Those are, like, 50-pound <laughs> appendages yeah, that they added. That is intense, and that is incredible. Yeah. And uh, you add you add that to the actual wardrobe that you're putting on the characters because this is, like, an 80s film, and, like, everyone has to look apart. Uh Pretty fucking on point. Mark sounds Guys. like he wants to disagree. Quick, I don't no, care. no, no, no. I totally, I am in agreement. My question was whether or not either of you guys had just parsed through the uh, IMDb trivia page. IMDb. Uh, no, I have not. 
Okay, first point is the mermaid tails were six feet long and weighed over 50 pounds. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I had a quick... There's there's another thing I want to highlight on here later. <laughs> It'll come up at another point in the show. But uh, yeah, I definitely had this as a note that the mermaid the mermaid tails are a great prop. They look They look perfect as yes. like... I have absolutely no problems with the way they executed that. And I do, I do think there was like a small amount of CG added to them after the fact to make them look more realistic or whatever. But like, sure. still, they're great. Like, they're from great. a practical effects standpoint, really well executed. Yes. And from a direction standpoint, they feature them super well too, right? There's a scene where a woman yeah. licks like the entire length there, of it. like, oh, God. Oh, yeah, that looks, scene. We're going to talk yeah. about that scene in a little we're bit. Gonna, there's a lot of thi- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Whatever, Jack. <laughs> All right. While so we're, we're still- on- yeah, Mark. While go. we're on the subject of effects, uh, we ought to we ought to talk about sound effects as well. I really enjoy the sort of like background world building that exists purely in the way that they build the language of the mermaids, where they have they simultaneously communicate as cat hissing and whale sounds, like echolocation. Yeah, yeah, I like well, that, yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's like. You ha- you you have the whale singing stuff, and then when they're actually making like physical sound, that's like supposed to be their psychic connection. And then when they're actually making like physical sounds, they're hissing at each other, and uh, they're very clearly like fully artistry, throwing in some like cat hissing or other animal growling sounds. And I thought I I thought they used that to a great effect. I did too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there. I'm going to talk about something else in the echolocation thing a little bit later, but that's fine. I agree with you. I mean, it's not echolocation. Stop using echolocation. Okay. They're not using it as a form of vision. They're using it as a form of communication. It's not echolocation. It's just echo communication. The sounds they're using are dolphins echolocating. And whales singing, which are not echolocation, but just communication. So so what what do you you call that kind of – is that just – Whale dolphins talking? I don't know. Yeah, oh. that's just speech. Okay. That's just speech. That's that's <laughs> Willie being free. They used sound to communicate. What do we call that? I don't know. It's really complicated, Mark. Okay. <laughs> Let's come up with a word for it. <laughs> um, I also thought they did a good job of developing both golden and silver as characters pretty well. Like each do for, for relatively simple characters, right? And from Hans Christian Andersen, who... They're essentially no. Like those are just boiled down to their essential features. Both do have their own motivations that are believable that I like that do their own thing. It's Why are you describing cool. them as simple? Because I don't think they're. I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying. I'm. I, you're undermining I, your own point by calling. Them I. Simple. I don't think that they're simple in the sense that like there's not a lot to be done there. But they're. They're. I think what he's trying to say is that they are what we would expect from this story. What, what, yeah, what I mean is that the everyone base of, knows all they what they had to do to make the story work would have been really, really simple. Okay, they archetypically made... they're simple. They made them more complex. Exactly. Yes. Got yes. it. I get what yeah. you're saying now, and I agree with your point. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, no, no, they do a very good job. It's it's a surprisingly deep narrative. I'm gonna argue with myself on that a little bit later, but they. <laughs> They they make it more deep than it needs to be in order to execute it, and I think you need that sure. in order for the horror to work. But yeah, yes, absolutely, great point, absolutely. That's all I got for does right. Anything else before we move into middle? Oh, we've talked about most of my stuff. Oh no, go middle. Oh, you said no when I asked you the question, so I thought that you anything meant else. The question no. was anything else. <laughs> got it. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> Uh, it's loose- a, yeah, we should do shots of vodka episode. at the beginning of every, the every episode. The looser episode. Just for the record. 
It was a bad decision. <laughs> the looser episode. Uh, um. Okay, something that is in the middle. Everyone in this movie is delighted to find out these women are mermaids. That's kind of a weird thing. I think it works for the purposes of the plot that they have going on here, but it's very jarring that everyone's like, Okay, yeah, cool. I like this. Especially in context, like a bunch of, they went to a strip club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and all of like, a sudden, mermaids are real. Here you go. You're swimming in a fishbowl. You have a tail. Cool. Yeah, I had this I had this definitively in the movie does wrong. I don't. Um it's not it's something I mean, I guess it probably does I don't it's maybe more of a nitpick than anything else. But yeah, like that first sequence where they're like these two backup singers just jump into a giant champagne glass and turn into mermaids and everyone loses their fucking shit and shoots like <laughs> t-shirt cannons full of money into the air. Like, what? Oh my God. I think the, I think the reason I, I put it in middle, it's weird to like say that I'm escalating something to middle, but it's such an important part of what makes this movie tick. Like that if that didn't exist, I'm not sure how it would have gone. Like you have the same thing with that shithead manager, right? Right. Like, there, it's such a normal, his response is so normal normal there's just some girls there and he's like oh he's like oh, oh okay. yeah you got a fishtail let my yeah. stick my let me stick my finger in your <laughs> finish that sentence in your cloaca <laughs> i think it's a cloaca officially isn't it a cloaca i don't cloaca? like it i don't like it regardless what i'm talking about is the response not where it's located okay <laughs> it's weird so i i have a very similar it's too thing. important to be a nitpick that's all i'm saying i have i have a very similar thing in what it does middle which is that's how where they we are, handle, so good. I, I know. <laughs> Which is how they handle the whole mythology of the mermaid thing, right? Because okay. on the one hand, I think it's really important, like you said, for the movie to kind of gloss over it, right? You need to know, here's the rules of mermaids. And they do a pretty good job of that, so you can get to these weird songs and continue what they're trying to do from a thematic level. Yeah. But at the same time, it is a little jarring that it's like, hey, you met King Triton in a bar, and he said she'll turn to sea foam. It's just like yeah. not. It's not an ideal way to handle it. But well, I he's do. Just Wait, like that a, guy was King Triton. I that I, I mean that. mythologically, yes. He's credited as his credited as Triton. Really? So that yes. dude is basically Aquaman. Sure. I, I mean, I is it Aquaman Triton or is Aquaman Triton's son? Oh God! I don't Aquaman care. and Triton. I don't think I have any intersection. <laughs> I'm pretty I sure they care. do. I am fairly confident they do. You guys I also should watch Aquaman on the airplane, but I felt you guys should. You guys should bet. I, I, there is a character named Triton in Aquaman, but it has like nothing to do with the. Do you want to bet? Little Mermaid. This Triton. is too hard of a bet to officiate. We have to get deep into like mythological texts. Mythological I'm not text. To go the that Jason far. Momoa movie Aquaman, a mythological text. The Rosetta Stone. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I mean. Well, I guess I mean DC comic books as mythological texts, but what I'm saying up. is DC <laughs> comics sure. does that a lot, where they take a character from mythology and just like now this person's that, but they aren't. This person is that, but they aren't. Right. I'm going to name it to evoke mythology and make it seem deeper than it is, but it has nothing to do with Triton. You should say it more. <laughs> Describe more things by saying it. <laughs> oh my god. Also, I don't think we've actually used the word weird yet. Which I said was going to be a drinking game for this episode. And well, you just it. said it, so someone is very happy right now. Or mad. <laughs> They've been waiting. Back up. They've been sitting by their beer, hands shaking. Bated breath. Say Come weird. on, give it to me. One more. One more. <laughs> Frankly, if their hands are shaking near their beer, it's for a different reason at that point. Because <laughs> they're not drinking the beer. Uh, truth. That was the joke I was making. Can you. we continue? Yes. Please, for the love of God. I don't have anything else that does metal. I got two. Uh, so Jack the first of which segment. is the... Uh, in, I, w initial and what I would say is the only actual musical sequence in this movie where they're 
singing about becoming human and the city telling them the the one yeah. where they're they're the shopping, shopping mall. the shopping yes. sequence yes so yeah. this is definitively a musical yes but all of the other musical numbers are handled in a way that is set in a realistic way. They're in a location that makes sense false. in the real world. 100% false. But, drummers, drummer's segment says no. <laughs> but in this one, it is set For a second, up where she's walking through a time frozen everyone else. Fuck. Okay, continue. Okay. I'm going to get no, back no, no, to this No, no, no. Say your thing. It's cool. Keep talking. I don't have anything else to say. You you suggested oh. something. I had a rebuttal that you don't have any answer to, so continue with your thing. They are set in settings that are real. You, time stop aside, the the point is they're in like geometry that is that exists. This is shot in a way that you would stage it for a Broadway show. Yes, that where, makes a play. Sense. Yeah. Where yes. where like stages are sliding on and off the set and there's background choreography and everyone is seemingly in on what's going on in the foreground and doing things in the background. There, there's a fucking like, there's a school teacher that does a back handspring at some, yeah. po- at one point for no apparent reason. That's, I, that's what I'm getting at. I there's attacked one you too quickly in this whole movie. That is just a Broadway musical. Yeah. I one. attacked you too quickly because I actually have that note too. I thought you were saying that that's the only one that is befitting of like the musical and everything else is within the world of music. And I was going to say, hell no, but you are right. This one is a Broadway musical. The rest are musical numbers, some of which are in a setting that is music and some of which are weird. But yes, Mark, yes. Yeah, I'm back and I wrote board. my note down initially thinking like, oh, there's probably going to be like two or three or four of these that just kind of break up the overall structure that will be actual like sort of Broadway musical type things. And they only nope. have one and it's and very it's the, weird. And it's the first one. <laughs> it's, it's really like outside. Well, they the only have one. So by definition, it's the first one. But the but first it's like musical number. It's the first real musical segment outside of like the quick thing at the start where they're playing on the beach and the mermaids are right. And oh no, not true. Because the first, but they all, so they have the mermaid singing on the beach and then they cut to um, whatever the lady's name is singing "I Love to Love You, Baby" or whatever. Oh There's yeah, a and that's in the, the initial, club, and that's yeah. how they. That's when the guy who Those... runs the club discovers their mermaids, and then once yep, he does yep, that, yep. then they cut to the shopping. I sequence. think it's because the ones that are in the strip club where they're actually in a setting where a band would be playing are less. J- jarring sure i'm gonna get more to the musical part of this later are you uh oh it's more of a personal thing like later later okay uh later 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 jack yeah Mark, so you had a second what it does middle yeah the second one i had does middle is that the translations are not stellar in this uh sure. you it's it's a necessary evil obviously it's in polish and none of us here want it to be dubbed into english but there is an art to translating movies like this and I feel like a lot of the times in this one, they went with literally the straight up like word for word translation without keeping the same meaning or poetry of the word so, that they were trying to like. Yeah, I actually so I want to interject here because this is something that is actually shockingly apropos to what I do for a living. And what they did was shockingly they, apropos. What they did was they translated. And what they needed to do was what we call transcreation, which is where you have someone take and ingest what's happening, and then you spit it out in a way that is socially going to make sense for the language in which it's being spoken. Exactly. Yes. We run into this a lot when we're like, whatever. I'm not going to get too much into the work side, but you run into it a lot, and I think that's what hap- what that's what's hap- that's what has happened here, where you have here's what they said, put it into a machine, it spits it out, cool, and then you have your subtitles. <laughs> Google Translate. Basically, and what you should have done 
is you should have made it make sense. I don't know that's always true in this movie because there are times when the scansion of the lyrics that I was reading felt like it fit the the music that was happening, even so, if it didn't. That was it, sort of my point. Is there were times where like I felt like they were translating it in a way that they tried to maintain the rhyming of the song that was happening, but I also felt like on balance they it was literally like none of the work. 50% of the words they used weren't words that you would use in normal English speech. And it, when it hits you in a song, you're like, what? Yeah. 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 And, and sometimes I will say they made the words rhyme, but I was listening to, and I don't certainly don't know Polish. Well, that's another thing, though. It hits you phonetically. It still hits you like, this makes sense from a song standpoint. Like, it, this jams. Even if it made sense. And then sense, you're reading it, you're like, what the fuck? Even if it made sense from a song standpoint, though, there were times in the Polish where it didn't rhyme. Like I, I know the syllables they're making, even if I, I don't know. The I don't words. know. I thought phonetically most of it jammed. More much more so than what I was reading. It what I was reading is like this that's, is crazy. But that's 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 why I'm agreeing with you, because you didn't need to try to make it rhyme, because it didn't rhyme in Polish. Right? I heard an ish and then a there, cock. There were a lot of things that you wouldn't say though. There's a lot right. of No, that's yeah. what I'm saying. So you, you worry more about the scansion and less about the rhyming. It doesn't need to be rhyming couplets, Jack. Correct. It can be an A B A B type of rhyme structure. That's, or even that's, I think that's what a rhyming couplet rhyme. is. No, 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 no. A rhyming couplet is A A B B C C D D. Mm, yes, fair. Yeah. Boom! Fucking nailed it. Let's. What does this movie <laughs> do wrong? I don't have much. Did it really? 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 I really like this movie. Holy shit! Wow, you've already you started this whole podcast saying that you it did not stand up on second viewing. No, that, no that's, that's not precisely said, the opposite of what, what I said. said. I said after I watched it once, I didn't feel like I needed to watch it ever again, but I was delightfully surprised. Okay, Mark, what do oh, you got? Oh, I should listen to you more. Maybe. Mark, what do you got? Um, you- this movie might be too weird. I mean, that's yeah. that's probably the biggest problem overall with this thing is it, they went for it, and I appreciate that, but also there's one three-minute chunk where you have a lesbian love scene where a person is licking the entire length of a mermaid tail, then holds a gun to the head of the mermaid so that the mermaid doesn't attack her, but then holds her throat open to the vampire mermaid thing so that she can be attacked. And then uh, that cuts immediately into the dream sequence where both of the mermaids are suckling at the teats of the lead singer lady uh, that is basically unrelated to the previous scene totally unrelated and then yeah, you get the cronus right. drum sequence dance guy in the living room thing that, that is also completely unrelated to everything else that, that is was prime for me as a three minute sequence that's one of the weirdest things i've ever seen on film yeah the, <laughs> the drum i i put drum see drummer dudes bit in what it does wrong because that was fucking that was too much that was a bridge too far and I think that actually, like, a lot, whatever we're going to say about Triton, like, his injection into this movie, I understand from, like, a quick, like, we have to interject, like, well, here's what's going to happen, and I know things, and, like, he's kind of the source of wisdom from a murder totally. standpoint. The whole, like, the whole metal plot line did not need to exist. It was totally extraneous in my mind. You could have still had the same sentiment, but you didn't need that shit. Right. Uh, so I think that that, coupled with what Mark just said, Inter- that introduced the primary sources of what was, quote unquote, too weird about the movie because it did go for it. We're on record here. Make a choice. Make it. Make it matter. Like do something. 
hey, this movie did something, so I'm not going to take away from that. But <laughs> wow, this could have been a little too much for me in the sense that it was too much for me. Yeah, that whole Triton thing is it, it does it, go... It does pigeonhole it in a way that it makes it harder to recommend. Like, there's yes. 0% chance, as the test of would I ever allow my mom to see this movie, Fuck. no. There's a 0% chance my mom would like this in any context whatsoever. No. There's just no way. Nope. Yeah, I'm with you there. I appreciate what they're doing as a uniqueness take and, like, you know, they're making a choice, like Jake was saying. Good. That part's good. But what they're doing is inherently limiting their audience. So yes. that's the bad part. Yes. No, I agree. That is that is what the movie does wrong, Prime. And I guess from that perspective, Jack, I can sort of understand about like what you're saying where you're like, I don't have a whole lot because it's kind of that and it's various circumstances, or not circumstances, various examples of what that is. Jesus Christ, I'm hitting my mic. I have a lot of hand gestures today. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, the vodka makes you wild. <laughs> we're all we're all off kilter, having all, all being on the same podcast at once. It's weird. It's a strange. We don't feeling. usually do a vodka thing. I don't know. Yeah. Also, vodka at two p.m. Turns out that'll fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. So that's that's kind of what I was saying, right? It's I remember this movie being very weird and being a very artistic movie that made a lot of choices but especially on the second viewing like in from an execution perspective they all kind of hold up like they're weird as shit but the choices they make they commit to and do well it's not like they make a choice and then don't back it up they're... yeah to to expand a little bit on jake's side note there though the way that this manifests is it's surprisingly hard to tell what the story of this movie is at times there's a lot of extraneous story elements that are happening in the background that kind of get that either take too much focus away from the actual narrative or are just like for individual scenes are small distractions that don't come back up. Yeah, I agree with that Triton's yeah. Triton's a very good example of that, right? Like he's an extraneous story element who's kind of useful in certain ways, but also probably irrelevant. Yeah. He's not even that yeah. useful. He's just fully necessary. So the audience understands the stakes. I feel in like the final you could have done that piece. through, Golden or whoever. I don't know which one's which. You could have figured right. it out. Yeah, you could have yeah, done yeah. it just through her. Yeah. Uh, In a way, it's... I mean, so to defend it a little bit, even though this is my own point, uh, it is a... They, they disguise exposition in a very good way here, right? So he's... He's the method for providing the exposition of what happens if you fall in love with someone and then they marry someone else without exposition. golden then or without I guess silver whoever it is, whoever it would be fucking reading a book and being like oh I'll turn to sea foam I don't know that that exposition is a little clunky to me but if we're talking about exposition I, this is something I did want to bring up it's 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 weird I didn't know how to do it because I watched this and I watched Lady in the Water both open with like cartoon. I don't know what petroglyphs or whatever. Oh, I liked of, a little. I didn't. I didn't think it was big enough to mention here, but I liked the intro credits for this with the cartoon thing. It was really cool in this, and you got a little bit about what's going on. And then I tried to watch fucking Lady in the Water, and it opens up on terrible cartoons where it's just like, "There's a lady in the water. Sometimes she goes in smaller bodies of water, and sometimes main characters find her, and then they have to figure out how to deal with her." It's Two and a half minutes long in that horse shit M. Night Shyamalan movie. God. And there's just a petroglyph of someone sucking M. Night Shyamalan's dick. Pretty much, man. <laughs> I fucking hate it. It's so bad. Um, so I know I ragged on you for not having more things to say and does wrong. The only other thing I had here was that um, I didn't really understand the allure of them being mermaids, which we talked about already. Um, 
That I put it in middle. Really make yeah, I, that was, those are the only things I had in does wrong. I got nothing else. I, I there there's a lot to be discussed in the nitpick segment. Yeah, 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 yeah. This does lend itself heavily to nitpicks. Kind of. Okay. Well, blow the whistle. <laughs> Took you a while, Jesus. Well, like I feel like it's hard oftentimes to do nitpicks with a movie that's as stylized as this is. Is it? Why? Because it's like, oh, it's a stylistic choice, so I'm going to let it go? Well, not even that, but like the, the world they've created, right? I have a problem with nitpicks when I have they a question. disregard the okay. world they've okay, created. Okay, I'm going to start with one that was a big one for me. Okay. And you may berate me, but I don't care. Uh, so, this house band, the band that they are. The band. This is the 80s, are. and they are a synth-heavy band, and yet there is no member of the band that plays synth. No one. They have a bassist and a drummer and a singer. Where the fuck is that music coming from? All of the music is synth music. Where is it coming from? <laughs> I Who that, is that player? I have that nitpick, oh too. Oh, my God. No, I have that nitpick, too. I almost did. I, that was almost what it does wrong, because it's a musical. Like, just have that character. Have one of the, have, Don't have a bassist. Have, have, have a, one person on keyboards. Don't, don't have him play bass. Have him play the keys, man. I don't give a shit. It's set in the 80s. That existed. Yeah. <laughs> there, I mean, there was one bit well, where he was If we're doing, talking 80s, what he really should play is the keytar. Well, oh, no, she shit. no. So Silver played the keytar in one of the bits, and he was playing bass. The one where okay. she gave there her you go. scale. She's playing. She's playing the yeah. Synth. She she played keytar. No, she played keytar. No, oh. you can okay. do synth on keytar. I know you can, but just it wasn't. It was keytar. It was okay. that was a keytar bit. Uh, you got to have a synth player. Okay, just have it. Like, why is it's there so no one? Simple. Are it's you, so you, simple. It's so simple. That's like a sight gag. There's like a gradual zoom out, and there's just like a synth player off to the right that they didn't frame at all. <laughs> it was it was brutal. You're missing the primary band member. I don't know. That was bizarre to me. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. That's that's one of my two main nitpicks. The other one was that their, their communication, that's part whale songs, part the echolocation sounds, all that. Why does it work out of water? It's the same sounds. That can only psychic, because they're psychic. But then you don't need the sounds. Then you shouldn't have the sounds. Yeah, that's a sound design thing that's, of them that's for the, trying that's for the to crowd. explain it's, how they're communicating psychically. That's for the audience. It's I'm a not nitpick. sure. It's a nitpick. Well, yeah, 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 it is. Okay, it is yeah. Well defended. Well defended, sir. <laughs> well uh, defended the, by naming the segment we're in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at the beginning, he pours water on one of the girls, and both of them turn into uh, yep. mermaids. Yes, yep. a bit of that, is that is correct. That is correct. That is dumb as fuck. Yep. Uh, we, we talked about the the first full musical number, right? Which is like the kind of Broadway musical number. Yeah. The it's basically the with... first and only musical number, if that's how we're describing it. No, no, no. It's, it's the first like like Broadway thing, but it's not the first. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Mark yeah. just is not satisfied with this movie as a musical, is what he's saying. That's fine. Okay. What the fuck is with the bellhop in that? There's a whole, like, four-second chunk <laughs> of the bellhop doing weird finger tricks, like in that Taylor Swift music <laughs> yeah, the, video. Yeah, the weird, like, physical juggling thing. I feel like they found some guy from, like, Reddit who was like, look how cool this video is. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I kind of liked it. It's I, like... Yeah. <laughs> That's a great point. It's just like that whole thing. They just took that chunk from like take it off or shake it off and put it in this movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's weird. It's, it's weird. Bizarre. It's bizarre. It doesn't do anything. Yeah. I okay, like it a lot. Next one. Record. Next one. So there's an there's a segment of this movie where Silver's getting all pensive and she smokes, and it's like the only part of the movie where she smokes, and she doesn't smoke. <laughs> Uh, so it's weird to see her blowing <laughs> nothing because there are like five or six times in this segment that is heavily focused on like her being distraught and like she's 
smoking a cigarette, and she's exhaling, and it is just exhaling absolutely nothing. <laughs> like, if you're, you're going to do that... that so there's that Friends episode where Joey has to teach, or Chandler has to teach Joey how to smoke for the acting role, and he Joey can't figure it out. Sure, that's you're saying that's what's happening here. Basically, no. I haven't watched that episode, so sure. I mean, this okay. is this is pretty clearly a stage cigarette, right? Which you can like inhale. They have like flour in them. You can inhale and exhale. Get well, a or whatever. That, you suck on it like it's electronic, but and it's it just not gets hot. working. Well, yeah, but like I what whatever she's not exhaling smoke like she's supposed to be smoking a cigarette and right. there's nothing coming out when she goes <sighs> right like come on should have been vaping attention to detail she should have been vaping if only this were set in the 2010s <laughs> <laughs> um at the beginning of the movie this is kind of an addendum to my original one uh they when they almost die they throw both of the girls into a gigantic chlorinated pool and i feel like they that would be bad. That would be would bad. It? You can't yeah. just throw fish into chlorinated pools and assume. Yeah. Now, granted, there are saline pools. Hell but no. This I'm going to go ahead and assume I mean, that it's a chlorinated not, pool. Yeah, in this, crack this is the 80s in Poland. It's crack out. Chlorine, yeah. Dude. Yeah. But also, um, there are fish. You that can't would... just throw fish into chlorinated pools and have them fully recover. That's there are fish that would be absolutely fine in a chlorinated pool. Are mermaids though? I don't know, man. You need to look that part up. Yeah, wait. I'm actually also going to need you to defend your original statement. What fish can you pour into a chlorinated pool? Quagga mussels. Jesus Christ. That's not a fish. Mollusk. Not a fish! I agree. I I, (laughs) I don't know. He recants. I don't know of another fish. (laughs) Okay, so zero fishes. I only know of the quagga mussel fish. Great. That's not a fish! Ah, well, I don't know if you can put fish on the end of a word and call it a fish. It lives in water. It's a buffalo it's fish. Science has yet to decide. Oh, God. Uh, oh science God. has decided. Science has definitively already weighed in on this. Science decided a long time ago. Do we have anything else? Uh, yeah. Jesus. Go. Uh, there is no adult entertainment club in the 80s that's going to let the bass player kiss one of the performers on stage. In Well, Poland? that's simply not true. In Poland? Are you kidding what? me? This is a weird nitpick. An overbearing manager? Who's controlling everything? He's not going to let him think that she has a boyfriend. They You're, all, Europe, dude, free love. The Who patrons need to think they're that she's available fuck, to go to the back room and give him a blowjob. Anyway, it's Europe. Oh, dude. It is hey, Europe. hey, there's no blowjobs in the champagne room. Wow, I butchered that. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about intros. Dude. Um, the the. I don't want to call it a heavy metal song because it's like the synth song, but the synth song where it gets heavy and they have eye makeup on, like right, the dark like I visor hated that song. eye makeup. Oh, like the punk thing. That was like the one song I did. So not yeah. not the actual metal song. Right, where they right, were, like, right. Jockeying for the mic. That was annoying. Yeah, that and she one. like yes. Yeah. Right. Not that one. No, no, not the actual heavy metal song. The, the, the synth one where they're one, bouncing. They're, the they're bouncing around. Yeah. They're like yeah yeah. This yeah, is yeah, yeah. in a strip club or an adult entertainment club. Sure, whatever. They neither strip nor become mermaids, and everybody's enthralled. They still throw. Oh. Like, they still make it fucking rain. Yeah. So this is this is one of the other nitpicks I had, which is that their definition of adult entertainment is very weird, in the sense that this seems to be just like a freak show of sorts, where people perform music act, musical acts, and occasionally there's a person who does a handstand and shoots an art like a bow. It's with not even foot. a freak show. It's like oh, they're basically just going there to see a show now, like just no. to see a concert. Right, most of them were topless, but this scene was, there's nothing. Look, look, let me ask you a question, though. If there was a band you wanted to see and they just so happened to be playing at a, at a strip club, 
Would that matter? No, yeah. I go to strip clubs anyway. Yeah, so well, I think they gain here's, notoriety. Here's the, part, here's the part that I had to nitpick with. If or, you go to a strip club and they're like, and now for our next act, a guy who's going to stand on his hands and shoot a bow and arrow with his feet, are you going to are you gonna cheer and throw money at that? That's my nitpick. I mean, yeah. now. No, wait, 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 no, wait, 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 wait. That one in particular, Mark? Or, hold on. Hold on. Are you, Really? What? If you go to a strip club and all of a sudden there's a, there, I don't care if it's a dude or a girl, if there's some human being shooting a bow and arrow with their feet, you're not going to be... I'm going to be enthralled. Yeah. I'm going to... Look, I'm going to cheer. I'm not going to throw a bunch of money at it. I and, might like, throw a bunch of money at that. It's going to be a act for the adult I've entertainment seen, venue dude, I, I am attending. I have seen the strip act pole dance thing like 10,000 times. Give me, give me that you? arrow shooting. Enough times to where the arrow <laughs> shooting is going to be more enthralling. But also, that one I can see being sexual pretty quickly, right? That's a, that's a bendy lady... Standing I mean, people do have balloons, balloon fetishes, so I guess that you're tailored. I to feel that like crowd. I feel like this is more at home than you're letting on. That's all I'm saying. But but what I mean is, but that the, Jake, to your point, the the show that they do, the quasi punk thing, sure. There's no nudity. There's nothing weird. There's nothing approaching anything sexual. It's, it's just, just that's a, a that's a set. At that point, they they're just, just they, like, oh, we know that the like the good shit. The like, and that the was the scene where they chose here. to have everyone make it rain more than anything else. I mean, and like this is the '80s in Poland. Like we have no basis for understanding what entertainment was like there. But he maybe, says it's an adult entertainment. Maybe, club. But maybe this was like what this this was the best show that you could get to that night, as someone in Krakow or Warsaw or wherever you were. I don't know. Yeah, but I've seen those same people take their tops off a bunch before. Sure, I'm not but they don't rain necessarily. Maybe there's a nitpick. Maybe they don't need to. Maybe. They can, and that's rad, too. Maybe it's sexier to keep your clothes on sometimes. Yeah, maybe I it mean, is. There, maybe. Well, absolutely, but also there is there is an underlying theme <laughs> of this movie where just their singing is hypnotic enough, so maybe that's what they're going oh, for. Oh, yeah, I mean, they are sirens, right? Yeah, I mean, they right. should be real good at that. I'm done with nitpicks, dude. Yeah, I got my... two. I got two more quick ones. Hurry the fuck! And then one that I would like to go out on. So first off, I just have a general question: Who was the other girl in the lower body transplant? I felt like they like zoomed in on her face, and I was supposed to know who she was, and I don't know who she was. Just Rando. a dead girl, Rando. I I think she might have popped up. I didn't bother her. Wine, she popped obviously. up later. She was in a later scene of just yeah, like th- I'm here now. <laughs> I, I think she popped up in an earlier scene too. Like when they were talking, there were like a couple times where it was floated. And I think she might have been there, like in a bar scene. I don't know. Whatever. I, I don't give again. a fuck. Uh, there's also, okay, cool. So uh, there's also a weird amount of emphasis placed on the mermaid scale. And I was just curious if there was ever any type of weight given to the story of a mermaid giving you her scale as a token of love or as a wish being granted or something like that. Or as a guitar pick. I no, haven't I'm not read the Hans Christian Andersen story, but I don't know. Okay, that, that it was just a strange amount of emphasis placed on something that basically has absolutely no meaning whatsoever. Yeah, it was very symbolic when it like. I, I would be. Away. I'd probably read that story. I wouldn't be surprised to know if it is from that story. Maybe. Uh, okay, last one that I wanted to go out on. So, if you read the IMDb trivia page, there's one that just stood out to me. There's go. only like six or seven trivia notes on this one. Uh, I'm just gonna run this. I'm just gonna run this by you. Two thousand girls were tested for the lead roles. Now, what I want you to think about for this is, um, what do you think? <laughs> what do you think that audition was like for a role where you're topless for ninety percent of the movie? I don't think they were auditioned, right? I think it was just send us a picture of yourself topless. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So that we're just we just have a movie where unabashedly two thousand girls were auditioned 
being topless for this movie. Now, I'm choosing to feel a little better about it because it is a female writer-director, but still... Yeah, it's, it's good. A, it's, I mean, no, it's a bit this is weird. One of the regardless. most like subtly skeezy trivia things I've ever read in my entire life. Yeah, like I actually, I don't care who you are. I don't care if it's a female director. Actually, I, I care a little bit. It, it definitely, I care a little bit. But there the are context. a lot of people making this movie. The director is the one that you go to, right? Uh, it's well, but easy. you wouldn't even it's go to the director skeezy. though. You'd go to the casting department. Yes, yeah. and the casting part was probably like six Polish probably. dudes. Probably that wasn't good. That's probably not. And good. they were like, "Here are your two. Ugh. We found these two. Fuck, they're the best. I got. But also, we have these other." <laughs> 1998 that we're just well, going to hold on to for future casting calls. I'm done. You made it fun. Now we go to ratings. I'm done. <laughs> I am Sorry. done. I had to bring it up. Oh, my God. Take off that silly ass hat. The ODB couldn't have possibly committed all those crimes. Coolio did some of that. We overrated it's horror. Use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think about T-Swift. We'd rate how much less gay Shade makes you. Shade never made anybody less gay, so. And for ten, think about Kelly O. We'd rate how meta drunk people are. Drunk people are so meta. Story is the first category to rate these movies. Uh, Mark, you are going to start for some reason. What's your story rating? I gave this a two and a half, uh, which is probably a little low. But this movie is mostly hot nonsense. Um, at a very, very, very Jack, high level, it has Jack's charms. Get down. But there's way too much extraneous stuff here that like just bogs it down. And I think this is how I'm incorporating my my does wrong of this movie's too weird. There's too much shit here that obfuscates the actual plot for this to be a good story. Hmm. That is very aggressive, Jake. I gave it a four. Mine was higher. Uh, I don't wholeheartedly disagree with what you're saying, Mark, obviously, but I don't think that this is a particularly strong story, primarily because like, when you set up a musical, a lot of that time is going to be taken up by what is basically hot nonsense. Like, It's hard no. for me. It, eh, eh, it's hard for me to, to gather anything from a bit during a musical, so that's a personal thing and it's going to come up in a second. Don't talk to me about double jeopardizing it's pretty difficult with from a story standpoint when you have a musical. So yeah, I it's, give hard, it, it's hard to give it anything that is even remotely approaching middle. Give it a four as well. I mean, yeah. uh, uh, that is yeah. remotely approaching middle for the uh, record. You, I did, though. I know. I, I said it's hard. Okay. Yeah. I didn't say I wouldn't. Largely the same reason. So you're I mean, a hero is what you're saying. Not all heroes wear capes. Look, I'm he always say it, but he'll agree to it. I'm, I'm sure. always a hero. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> okay. No, he will say it. He'll <laughs> local, just say it. <laughs> local hero gives movie a four. <laughs> We did it! I think this is a really interesting take on a classic lore kind of a thing that they turned into a horror movie pretty well. Sure. I think they also do a pretty good job with the story while keeping it a rock opera. Rock operas and stories don't often go well together. That's uh, kind of what particularly. I'm saying, yeah. So yeah, yeah, I, I kind of yeah. like the way they did that, but it's okay. not great. It's a four. Okay. Uh, world building and immersion, our second category. Mark? I This is probably some level of double jeopardy here, but I do think the first two categories kind of go hand in hand i gave this a four and a half it's a very visually interesting movie and they do do a very good job of explaining to the viewer the space that the people are in for the most job for the most part but (laughs) for the most job whatever we're deep in at this point (laughs) 
Uh, there's only so far I can go. There's parts of this movie that actively are so weird that they start to take you out of the actual viewing experience. And that's what I landed on. On average, this is a harder than usual movie to watch. Four and a half. Jake. You know, it just happened. What? I gave this a two. Ah, we flippy floppied. Uh, yeah. The world and the immersion that I had. Okay, hold on. The world is exactly what you were just saying. I agree. And then my immersion in that world is actively fucked by musical. I have a really hard time with musicals. I do not like them. And this is no exception. How do you feel about Green Eggs and Ham, though? Uh, nah. How do you feel about Hamilton? Nah. Really? I don't, I have not, I do not know of a single musical that I- Have you seen Hamilton? Like, no. No one's seen Hamilton. It's impossible to get tickets. Yeah. Well, None I, of us live in New York, for the record. He was just talking about Hamilton. Actually, I was so. super close. I could have gone to Hamilton. Like, I was so close. I was like Ooh, three Hamilton. hours. Fuck you. I don't need that. Two. I gave it a two. I gave it a six. That's too high. I mean, it's a point and a half higher than Mark. Um, I think that the <laughs> world they high. build is fantastic. The, it's, it's, you, it's a strip club. And, and it, no, an it's a fantastical world of Krakow in the water. 80s. I think they do a really cool job of making Is it Is it Krakow? Like, I don't know anything about Krakow. I don't. I mean, I think so. <laughs> it's totally. Of okay. whatever city they built felt like a real place with cool. the bright lights and the stuff going on and wandering Isn't it down. Warsaw? And, when, she it kills the, when she kills the guy on the, on the pier and then they cut to the, um, the news broadcast later, they say a Warsaw gentleman was killed. I mean, but he might have been from Warsaw. I thought it was in Krakow. I Most don't know. Most people in Poland are from Warsaw. Let's just be real. I, I think I think the uh, the reason I think it's Krakow is because the Wikipedia page said it's a love letter to Krakow based on the director's commentary. So That's fine. I don't know. He, I mean, but, Pol- so let's be real, though. Poland is a country that has one border that is on water. Yes. So it needs to be a place that is close to that. Yes. And- uh there are rivers as well, just Don't, for the record. Warsaw is very far from water, and Krakow is farther from that. Krakow is, like, down by Slovakia, so I'm thinking this is neither. Again... There are rivers. Mark, I don't again. Care I don't what give si- a fuck. I you don't need care. Your water, ocean. I need both ocean. of you. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I don't care what city it's set in. The city they build is really interesting. Of really depressing and dark in the day, like when they thought they killed the the mermaids and dumped them in the Gdansk. river. Really bright lights and interesting at night. It's it's a really interesting world to live in. They're in Gdansk. Um, Christ. I gave yeah. it a six. I think it's, it's, I, I like the world building and I like the immersion. <laughs> yeah. I'm taken out by some of the weird stuff that's happening, which it's is like why a I'm getting a higher run. score. It's but, like a uh, salmon run, but motherfucker, Mark. <laughs> this Jesus is something I wanted Christ. to bring up a little bit earlier that I I forgot to, which is that the way they shoot the film is is cool. You guys were kind of talking about this that it's felt like a one take in multiple shots. Yeah. I had that same inclination, and then I started looking at it, and there's actually quite a few edits in those scenes that feel like one takes, but the way they shoot it, it's like a person ambling about with the camera, kind of shaking it back and forth, and that makes it feel more like you're walking through a set than just having the third camera there. Yeah, Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, Yeah. good work then. And and I feel like that's kind of what Jack is talking about to a certain extent and how they're building the world of these locations. Yeah, I mean, that's good work. 100%. Yeah. 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 Uh, It's going to be a scare factor. Mark. Uh, I gave it a two. There's a lot of weird shit here, but it's not particularly scary. All right, Jake. So One, same reason. Uh, not a, just not the same score. It's a, it's a low score. I gave it a three. 
couple That's... of couple of reasons is a little bit different. Yeah. Um, I think the the teeth are very well done and the the are scary. I also like when they do rip people to shreds. They rip people. Oh, they're to, to shreds. To shreds. Yeah, the end. You're right. The end. Well, they leave that guy. They show him. I mean, it's more than two his seconds. Throat of his throat is bubbling of gurgling. You know blood what? Actually, that is okay. You know what? One and a half. You talked me. Oh wow! A very, yeah. very charitable of you. It's not. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. very scary, but it's not without those kind of scare factors. Also, when she pulls the scale off herself, that's kind of freaky too. Nah. Uh, so, in any case, uh, that's going to take us into something effects, effects. or judicious lack thereof. Mark. Yeah, I gave it a six and a half. I think this movie looks pretty good. Um, sort of a judicious lack thereof movie in a in a weird way. There's a lot of lighting. Weird there's way. a lot of set design. There's a lot of props. But the main thing that you can highlight is the is the tales. It's it's a better than average on on balance movie. But there's not a lot of stuff here that they do that's like absolutely mind blowing, and that's Jake, why it's only a six and a half. I mean, they wrote songs for this movie. I gave it Ooh. an eight. Well, I mean, that's I, this, kind of a separate thing. But this true. movie, this movie. Well, I mean, effects include sound, and I think this movie <laughs> looks great. Effects and include pro- script. Is that what you're saying? I, sure. If it's gonna, in this case, they kind of converge. I think. I, okay. This movie looked good, and it this thing. movie looked good, and it sounded good. Like I think that if, of all the movies that we review, we have to talk about sound for this one because it is a musical. I don't know if we've done that before. I think that this movie primarily, like if you're going to watch it, it's for the effects. It's going to be sound. I mean, to call like the songs and the writing they did for them a sound effect is bizarre. I will give you, give you that, but I don't know where else to put it. So I'm just going to say, hey, high score for this one. Move along. Yeah, I gave it an eight as well, but not not for those. Oh, right. s- yeah, I, I think the I mean the tails look fantastic. Even the teeth and the other monsters. Oh yeah, effects, like no, the it all looks, look it all really, looks really, really good. good. Yeah, the practical killings look really really yeah. good. The sound effects are cool, and then I love how much they commit to all of the scenes are so stylistic, and it all is working towards one end, right? It's all serving the same master, and I think that's really, really cool. So this is an eight for me. It's really high. They do a great job with what they have. Uh, it's gonna get us into overall, Mark. Yeah, I gave it a five and a half. This is a maybe. I should go six. Can I? Okay, I'm. I'm gonna retake it. I'm going six. six. This is a slightly better than average movie, but it's a really hard one to recommend because of how specific it is. So I do appreciate all of the things that they do here. I think it's a good movie, but man, it's so weird. It is so weird. This is going to be one that I'm almost never going to recommend to anyone, but it's like a hidden jewel of sorts. Yeah, I kind of know what you're saying, Jake. Yeah, I do too, and I gave it a four. And I think that I just wow, apl- okay. I applied my score in the way that's that a big tilt is, down. It, it is reflect. Like. Not really. I mean, I gave it a one for scare, a two for immersion, oh, and a four Jesus. for story. Yeah, okay. So it's not really. I uh, it this one is very specific, and I think that like. As a movie, maybe I'm jeopardizing it too much, but it's too specific. It is a very difficult one. I'm giving it a four. I give it a seven. That's very, very high. This is I a appreciate very, you going out of a limb, Jack. I appreciate this, that. This That's is a, good one. a very specific movie, but you die on this hill, sir. They do a really good job. Like I wasn't excited to watch this for a second time, but I'm really happy to have watched it for a second time. It didn't lose much for me on this, the second viewing yeah okay. it's great man okay. they, they do a really good job i like the story they tell i like the way they tell it okay so it's curious for- wait well, hold on i have a quick question what would you have given it after the first time you watched it six probably I so mean, it's not, going up not a big change i think it is going up yeah interesting okay, okay. yeah it's time for thumbs yeah hard watch thumbs it two up or three more guy. times give it a 10 
I'm, I'm going to watch this for a third time. Whereas really? otherwise, I might. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I probably, I probably wouldn't have watched this again if we didn't review it for the cast. <laughs> okay, so definitively a third time now. You probably wouldn't have watched it again, but now you're going to watch it for the third right, time. Right, but since I've watched it multiple times now, I want to see it again. Uh, okay. That's what I'm saying. Uh, did you watch this with your lovely wife? Did she have an opinion on this? I did not watch this one with my lovely wife. Oh, okay. I tried to get her to watch it, and she said I have to work or whatever. It's horse shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know that pain, man. I'm going to go next. Uh, thumb da- thumb Thumbgas down from me, dude. Uh, this is I, exactly what Mark said. I can't recommend this to really anyone that I know. And on top of that, I am not one for a musical. Like, it just does not do it for me. For the record, if you see another movie like this, recommend it to me, at least. Okay, deal. Easy. I'm going to give this a thumbs to the side. This is a very specific recommendation. If you're in for something weird, then... I look, I got a movie for you, but this, this, on balance, I'm almost never going to recommend this to That anyone. is a cop-out. This might be the podcast where we've talked the most about how important segment structure is and fucked with it the most. <laughs> yeah, you fucked this up. Thumbs down, then. If Look, if I have to give it an up or down, I'm giving it a down. Okay. Okay. That's the segment. Easy enough. Let's get the it fuck out of here. long enough. This has been episode 153 of the A to Z Horrorcast. Woo! To check out everything we have going on, head on over to a tozhor.com or come hang out with us on either of our social media channels. Those are both Facebook and Twitter, and those links are both down there in the description below. As Jack mentioned at the top of the episode, if you're still here and you like what's going on that we're doing, you might want to consider becoming a Patreon member. We have a lot of cool extra shit coming out. If you're still here and you that's not something you can swing right now, that's fine too. We're going to keep making the same content. We're just appreciating the fact that you're listening to us. As always, the music has been coming at you from Super Bear. Their link's going to be down there in the description below as well. Next week, we got a Jake pick. That's me. It's Devil's Backbone. Guillermo del Toro original fastball. Excited to see. I've never seen this fastball. I've never seen it. I've, I've also never seen it. I've heard it's a classic. Never seen it. I've heard it is. Oh, shit. Ooh, it's the triple never seen. I have heard this movie is amazing. Like, amazing. Why did you tell me that? Well, here we go. It's going to happen terrible. one week from awful, right now. Zero expectations. Shut your face. It's going to happen one week from right now. And until then, listeners, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some horror movies, including Devil's Backbone. We will catch you one week from now. Have a great week. Bye. For the record, suck my c- Go. <laughs> go. <laughs>